Welcome to Poem of the Week. My name is Peter Rose and I'm the editor of Australian Book Review, which has much pleasure in offering this weekly poetry podcast when some of our leading poets introduce and read a new poem. Our guest this week is David McCooey, prize-winning poet, critic and editor. David's latest book of poems is Starstruck, which will be published by UWA Publishing in October 2016. His first collection, Listerpack, won the Mary Gilmore Award and was shortlisted for other major literary awards. His second full-length collection, Outside, was a finalist for the 2012 Melbourne Prize for Literature's Best Writing Award. David's work has appeared in nine out of the last ten years of Black Ink's annual anthology, The Best Australian Poems. He was the Deputy General Editor of the Macquarie Pen Anthology of Australian Literature and the author of a critical study on Australian autobiography, Artful Histories. His poems, essays and reviews have appeared in numerous books, journals and newspapers, including Australian Book Review. McCooey is also a musician and sound artist. His album of poetry soundtracks, called Outside Broadcast, was released in 2013. He is a professor of writing and literature at Deakin University in Geelong, where he lives. Here is David McCooey. I recently watched Sylvia, the 2003 biopic of Sylvia Plath, starring Gwyneth Paltrow and Daniel Craig. Apart from the shock of seeing Sylvia Plath married to James Bond, a number of things struck me about the film and about Plath. I'd forgotten that Paltrow was once a serious actor, and she is, I think, very good as Plath. The film itself is grindingly sad, self-consciously evoking mid-century cinematic melodramas of doomed women. It does a surprisingly good job at suggesting the day-to-day routine of a woman who is a writer and a mother and a wife but it seems ultimately to present Plath's suicide in mystificatory ways, associating her death with the visionary writer, quite literally replacing the body of the author with the body of the work. What struck me after watching the film as someone pushing 50 is how young Plath was when she died, she was only 30, and how the material conditions of her life were inevitably going to cause depression. And I thought about how events in one's life are always contingent, What if Plath's suicidal feelings were passing, fleeting even in the scheme of things, rather than preordained things, as the Plath myth seems to suggest? I wondered about a Plath who had not killed herself, but lived to old age. And from there I wrote the poem Fleeting, which considers just this counterfactual scenario. Fleeting is a dramatic monologue. In other words, the poem presents the voice not of the poet, me, but that of another character, in this case, Plath. My forthcoming book of poems, Starstruck, contains quite a few dramatic monologues, and so this poem continues my interest in that form. Starstruck is also generally interested in the way narrative can exist within lyric poetry as an implied story or situation, something else that I continue in fleeting. Writing about real people has its own ethical issues, of course, but I hope Fleeting is not insensitive to Plath's reality, even as it tries to imagine an alternative one for her. I am at any rate increasingly attracted to moving away from the autobiographical. 
One of the main challenges of writing a poem about a poet is how to evoke the poet's work without merely parodying it. So there are numerous references to Plath's life and work in Fleeting, but I've tried to avoid taking on the style of Plath's poems, especially those she wrote in the weeks before her death. Lastly, I should say that the subtitle, Sylvia Plath at 80, is meant to be ambiguous, since Plath, as we all know, had a literary afterlife, which might also account for the voice in the poem. Fleeting. Sylvia Plath at 80. I have outstayed the old millennium, lost count of years and jobs and meals prepared. My children have careers, the students of my students teach. I have had some fame, though little is enough, I know. In an earlier age, my youthful world conspired to render me with fires of grief, at which I bent and murmured my beginner's German, and then came, as if I'd called them up, the mess of childbirth the bedlam of men and women. I wrote those poems, the ones for which I'm known, in the coldest winter for 200 years. The snow stretched telephone wires to the ground. The children and I hid from the historic cold, as if hiding from a fairy tale monster. The monster froze the river, ground and air, which I outstared through all those monochrome days the gaze of that greater madness I'd called my calling. Then my discovery, the deranging noise like bees or the airy sea that filled my stony head was merely fleeting, like snow or flowers or husband's lies on crackling telephone lines or the brief duration of abysmal sleep. <laughs>